0: Welcome to the She Is podcast. Come join us as we share with each other the stories that make us who we are. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged to keep boldly writing your story. I'm really looking forward to hearing Malia's story today. When I told my girls that she was going to be talking to me today, one of them was like, Oh, I love her. (laughs) So I'm really excited that the Lord's given her the courage to share a story with you. And Malia, would you be willing to introduce yourself to the people that are listening?
1: Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Malia Sapp. I've been working at Graceway now for a little over a year, but I actually went to school to study international politics, so international relations and political science. But the Lord kind of changed plans, and I'm here, and I'm very excited to be now working more in outreach and missions. Um, And I really think that's where where God wants me to be right now. And I'm excited to see where he's taking me. That's awesome. Malia works closely with my husband, John, and he
0: just really admires her and enjoys um, working alongside of her. So um, she so courageously um, she has a story ready to share with you guys today. Are you ready to read that? Let's do it. <laughs> okay.
1: I've been a part of Graceway my entire life. I grew up here. However, I very easily began to take for granted the fact that I never went a day without knowing that I was intentionally made and fully loved. I've always known logically that God loves me and that he created me on purpose, but there had never been a moment in which I had considered, let alone come to the understanding that there was nothing I could or had to do to earn that love. I was in a constant state of trying to prove to others, but mostly myself, that I was worthy of that kind of love. I joke that my entire life I've jumped from one absurdly unattainable goal to the next with the belief that if I can accomplish this one thing, then I would be enough. The first goal was the Olympics. My childhood was dominated by gymnastics. It was a hyper-competitive and aggressive environment that really instilled this way of thinking that my worth was directly correlated to my performance or lack thereof. Gymnastics did give me a tremendous amount of dedication and drive. Most importantly, it got me hooked on needing to feel like I'm working towards a cause greater than myself. Unfortunately, it also left me with a lot of emotional and mental trauma, as well as the feeling of being lost and desperate to find meaning again. So once I lost that first absurd goal, I jumped right into the next. From a young age, I decided the career path I wanted to unwaveringly stick to. It was centered around government and international politics. There was a lot of prestige and honor tied to this role, There were a lot of reasons I think I latched on to this career field. My dad was in the military at the time, and I know that a lot of the initial connection I had was the bonding we had around talking about the what-ifs and the hows of achieving this new goal. However, I think I largely wanted to be validated by doing something that statistically was known to be near impossible. I took that stubborn dedication I learned from gymnastics and used it to do everything in my power to be the best candidate when the time came to put in my application. I withheld all immediate gratification for this goal. I avoided relationships for fear that they would hold me back. I really isolated myself from a lot of what people remember about their teenage years. I was far more successful in this goal than the first. After college, I started the application process, and in December of 2019, I signed a conditional offer of employment. All that was left, it seemed, was to just cross the T's and dot the I's and I'd be moving to D.C., proving to myself that I was worthy. I truly believed that when I started this job, the insecurities and low self-esteem I'd been struggling with would go away. And then 2020 happened, which put my application progress at a standstill. As was the experience of so many others, it was the first time that I had the chance to stop, reflect, and ask myself why I was doing this. This whole time, I'd gotten really good at justifying to myself why my plan was God's plan. Even when I was praying for God to show me if this was the right path, I was never listening for his answer. I was searching for any little shred of evidence that I was already on the right path. And as soon as I started actively listening for him and seeking wise counsel, the plans I had made started to fall apart. Up until this point in my life, I'd always considered myself a Christian, but I was putting very little effort into my relationship with God or the church. It was taking me, taking a toll on me emotionally and physically. The shift that occurred in me was during 21 days of prayer. I was finally in a position to hear what God had undoubtedly been trying to get me to understand for so long, that these plans and this dream that I'd curated for myself were an attempt at validation born of my insecurities, and that my true worth was to be found in God himself, rather than anything I could accomplish on my own. At the point where I decided I'm going against what I've spent at least a decade working for, I had to mourn the person that, in life that I thought I was going to have. And I'm so thankful for God's timing because I had people waiting in the wings to support me and help me find my path. My main worry was that I'd wasted time gaining knowledge and skills that I had no use for now. But it's obvious that God used those years to prepare me for the position I'm in now and where I'm going. I'm exactly where I need to be. For the first time, I don't have a plan, but I'm excited to see what God has in store for me. Thanks for sharing. I could tell that was difficult. <laughs>
0: I was thinking back to the beginning of your story where you were talking about, um, losing your, your goal of being an Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, if could you talk more about that? How did, how did that come about? You know, when did you realize that that was an e- there was an end there?
1: Yeah. So I think there was two main events that kind of made me realize at a young age that probably wasn't going to happen. The first was an injury. I had a hip flexor injury that was kind of pulling me back. Um, And it got to the point where the coaches were talking about having me be held back a year. Um, And to any gymnast, that's just traumatic in itself. To Like all your friends are moving on and going towards this goal and you're being held back. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the first moment where I realized, like, I can't imagine doing that. But then also um, I started to understand the – toxic environment especially with one coach in particular um it was around that time too that I started telling my parents about like what was going on day to day at the gym and how um how tough it was on me mm-hmm. to be just like put in such a hard environment as a young kid mm. so conversations started happening because of the injury initially but then other things started coming up about um just the environment itself that really solidified that it was time to leave yeah how old were you at this point? Um, 10 or 11. Okay. So I was still pretty young. Yeah.
0: yeah. Were you already at that age pursuing? It was about learning? that same oh, time. Interesting. It was, yeah,
1: probably months, <laughs> you know, between. Because um, I remember in middle school, having already decided the new goal of, you know, moving to D.C. So it was pretty quick after.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's young to yeah. to have a, a second a dream and, mm-hmm. and a future of what you're looking for. So I heard you speak a couple times in your story about um, putting things aside or um, just really driving towards something. And I would just be curious what um, the the isolation was like mm-hmm. in that like hyper, you know, drive towards yeah. something.
1: Well, that's tough too, because a lot of the friendships that I had were in that hyper competitive, you know, situation. Um, so they weren't normal, friendships like when I look back I think like I do I did love those girls but there was also a level of like constantly trying to compete with them and really those are the only relationships I had because like uh school when I I think I talked about kind of um like you said putting some things aside and one of those things was school I I was very far behind um academically at that time because gymnastics was the the number one thing in my life Mm -hmm. So the only friendships that I had long term were those girls, um, and once uh, gymnastics was done, were they gone? I'm. I think you know you try to stay in contact, and, and we're at the age too that it was a lot of like our moms trying to keep us together, you know, oh, friends. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think just as we grew and I grew farther away from gymnastics, it was kind of like a pretty easy split, you know? Mm-hmm. How
0: did, um, you talked about being behind in school. How did that impact
1: you as a person? There was a lot of me trying to prove to everyone that I was smart because when, um, I got into middle school, I was so far behind. I was put in a lot of the, the lower level courses and it, it was a lot of work to get out of that. And I only started taking like more advanced courses in my sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, so I think me picking this job too, wanted to like prove that oh, I could do it. It. Yeah. it was such a challenge. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned uh, in 2020, you know, you, you had been chosen and you were yeah. just kind of waiting for some final mm-hmm. things to happen. And then 2020 mm-hmm. happened and everything stood still. So for you, um, was that a relief or was that like, a, this is frustrating, I'm...
1: Well, it was, yeah, it was kind of weird because like from when everything was moving so quickly, it was also exciting. I was like so ready to move. And then I had this break and every time I went to check the mail because it always came in like a very specific folder, I was like kind of nervous to get it because I knew that that would mean like, all right, now it's really time to leave. So there was this like few weeks or maybe like a month where it, it wasn't excitement anymore. It was definitely like. Like a dread or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, a yeah, different kind of anticipation. Mm-hmm. And I think I try to convince myself, like, oh, I'm just super excited. But like, no, I don't think you are anymore. During, I guess,
0: quarantine, mm-hmm. that 2020 time, what were you doing with, I mean, I would think it's probably the first time in your life you had slowed down. Yeah. And what were some things that you were doing for yourself? Or was that hard for you to try and figure
1: out, like, you know, what can I do or what do I want right. to do that I enjoy? I had a lot of alone time. I was also with my nephew a lot, um, which was fun, but yeah, I got a lot of time to read. And then I ended up getting a part-time job at Graceway, which was the first, um, like glimpse into life outside of what I had been planning. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That was during 2020. It was just like a part-time and, um. I even told, I think it was Pastor John or maybe Pastor Donovan. I'm like, I've got plans, so this isn't a long-term thing. And they're like, yeah, we know. This is temporary. Yeah, yeah, just help us out
0: during 2020. Just leave whenever. And I'm like, okay. Was it difficult to transition to something other than what your goals had been?
1: Yeah. And I think the hardest thing for me was telling everyone else. Because at that point, every all the people in my family and that were close to me just, assumed that I would be leaving soon and like having to explain to them why a lot especially people who aren't in in the church and not in faith like me explaining like well I prayed about it a lot and I think mm-hmm. God was showing me that it wasn't my path a lot of people were like what <laughs> you know oh, yeah. you're leaving this like very well-paying job and a lot of prestige and you're just gonna stay here and you don't really know it, w- it was definitely I got a lot of um concerned family members that are just like are you sure you're not just running away. I'm like, "No, I don't think I am." You had shared in there
0: that you felt like you had been far from the Lord and then mm-hmm. during 21 days of prayer, you thought that the Lord had spoken clearly mm-hmm. to you. Um you had mentioned something about there being a link between like your emotional and physical mm-hmm. health yes. and your distance from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And how did you make that connection?
1: Yeah. Um so I have ulcerative colitis which is stress induced. Okay. So at this time in my life where I thought I would be the least stressed because like I finished school, I've finished this application process. All I have to do is just wait for them to tell me to come to DC. You'd think I would be the most calm, but really I was like the most anxious. Um, and it caused me to have ulcers which is terrible. Um, I actually had to like move back in with my parents because like I couldn't take care of myself for the longest time when the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. Like as soon as um, they figured it out and I was put on medication, everything was okay. But there was this link and it was through counseling as well where I realized how much stress I hold. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought that I was giving my worries and stress to God. Like I would pray all the time, like, God, I'm giving this. I'm laying it at your feet. Just like, take this from me. But I wasn't actually giving. It was all just me saying it. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. actually release it. Mm -hmm. And I think journaling has really helped me. Like when I write out everything, like there is this release for me, like, okay, God, it's on you. Um, so I think when I actually started, um, trying to give things to him and not just saying it, it's helped a lot. Would you say that that's the point where you stop striving? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely stopped. Right. I'm trying to stop. Sure. It's a it's yeah. an ongoing yeah. process. <laughs> yeah. I'm very much a worst case scenario kind of like thinking ahead. So I won't even be stressing about the things that are currently happening. I'll be stressing about the, <laughs> the things, things that, that might possibly happen. happen. Yeah, sure. And I've gotten a lot better uh, with that. And I think that is completely uh, faith based.
0: And so for you, um, giving things to the Lord, like how does that change your day to day? Do you still see yourself like looking forward and trying to solve the problems in the future? (laughs) You do. (laughs) I do, but
1: I'm better at noticing. um, I think before it would just be like an all consuming consuming thing. And I'm, but now I can kind of catch myself and be like, okay. We're already three points ahead. Let's just stop there. We don't need to get 10 points, you know, (laughs) just trying to like buffer it a little bit.
0: Yeah. When I was reading your story, I just was like, man, so many people I think struggle with striving to please somebody Mm -hmm. or impress somebody or doing what they think somebody else wants them to do. And I would just be curious, what would you say to somebody who um, listens to your story and says, oh man, You know, there's parts of that that are me. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think your first step was in starting to, to recognize that in yourself and what's been most helpful to you?
1: Right. I think finding a good routine helps me to be able to reflect on yourself and how far you've come and the progress that you've made. So there's quiet space yes, in that routine. Quiet, yes, definitely quiet space. But I think journaling for me has been huge because um, i I'll, when I pray, it's very like stream of consciousness and that can get crazy and thank, thank goodness God can understand it. <laughs> but when I journal, like I have to stay on point. Um, so I will just spend a day journaling about all the growth I've experienced and like so I'm not as focused on all the things I could do wrong, but like, look at all the things I have done right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and be in a headspace of, you know, what could happen in the future that I can also grow in. I heard you talking about um, looking
0: at what you have done right. Mm-hmm. What would be part of this new Malia
1: that, um, that you really love? I think one thing that I like now is I'm not as strict to stick to my plan. Mm. I know I'm really good at making plans. Like, my plans are top tier. You have all the details all worked out. Yeah, but, like, I'm much more um, okay with going off course, and I've also learned that, like, that's when God can step in and he can make – his plan's always going to be better than mine. And mine was already great. So his (laughs) is going to be amazing. So just being able to pivot um, and just – see where God takes me has been really, really awesome.
0: Is there anything else that you feel like the Lord's taught you on this journey that you would want to share?
1: Being active and trying to find community has been huge because mm-hmm. I, I spent so long just by myself. And quiet time is necessary and it has like a time for that, but you don't need to be in quiet time for forever. Mm-hmm. Like, you need people to process with. You need people to have fun with. You need wise counsel actively searching for friends, you know, especially in the faith, like it's been really good for me, especially like women, um, in faith has been amazing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I know, um, there's
0: going to be a lot of people that can connect to, to your story. So I think, thank you for being willing to share it and for being brave enough to, um, to just talk a little bit more about um, where God's brought you. I'm excited for what the future holds for you. Thank you for listening to Graceways She Is podcast. We pray that today's episode encouraged you and gave you hope for your own journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified about future episodes.